That's going to be uh, really neat. Anytime, because I think it's just a cool segue of, of what we've been talking about over the past weeks. You know, if you've been hanging out with us any at all over the past weeks, the big word that we've been using is cultivate. That's a word that kind of popped on my radar screen first of the year. And, and so what does it really look like for us to cultivate relationship with God and with others? And over the course of those weeks, you know, we said, you know, for me, whenever I'd hear that word cultivate, I would think of this just expansive field, you know, that uh, farmers would get prepared for each year. And, and so we likened that to our soul, the, the soil of our soul. You know, and what does that look like for us, number one? Just to, just to turn our souls over, just to aerate them, just to let God's breath breathe into us. And, and as we were doing that in a, in a week, learning that with one another and learning how to share that with others in our homes and at in universities and at work, that we would realize that there are things that life has gotten into our soil and we don't want in there anymore. That there's things that we got to get rid of that, that would stunt growth. And we didn't even label any of them because sometimes when you start labeling things and if you don't say your particular one, you know, you'll check out and you go, well, that must not pertain to me. And so we, we said one way to kind of figure that one out is any area of your life where you're putting a should on. So... Let's, let's use this just for an example of what Nicole has brought up, you know, is that, you know, are you digging in the Word as much as you would like? Are you hanging out with others that love this crazy man, Jesus, as much as you like? And if the answer to that is no, then this is going to be a beautiful way for you to connect and get back in. Get rid of your not doing it and start doing it. And then we said in that, I've got to figure out why I'm not doing it so I won't repeat it. <laughs> you know, it's like all those times they would tell me not to do a particular action. And I go, man, that's, that's great. I'm with you. I'm tracking with you. Let go, let God. Yep, 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 yep. Super words. But how? I got to figure out why I'm grabbing it again. Right? And so... Now that we've, we've, we've figured out through Jesus that we've got great soil, that your yes to Jesus makes you great, fertile soil. And even in that, you're getting those things out through prayer. And then um, to, last week it was, we're going to now plant our field, our soil, with the seed of God, the Word of God. And that now, since our field has been aerated, we've gotten stuff out of it, we got the Word of God going into it. What do we need now? Whenever you're growing something, what's one of the most vital things that you need? Water, water sunshine. Boom, y'all are so good. You need agua. How much of our earth's surface is covered in water? Any other takers? Anyone else? One dollar. <laughs> yeah, price is right. One percent, Bob. No, yeah, depending on which source you look at, 71, 73, 74, 
You know, who's going to split hairs? It's a lot. Most of our earth is covered. What about us as our, our bodies? How much of our body is water? And sometimes, if you're anything like me, I feel a little bloated if I have particular times of month. <laughs> What's funny about that? I have a particular time of month. And I just, I just, I feel a little bloated. It <laughs> has nothing to do with all those chocolate chip cookies I'm eating. It's not a laughing matter, Mom. And so water is crucial to life, right? I mean, so much so, um, I'll give you another example that as, when we would go to Haiti, uh, there were this particular um, community, Bukharan, had no water. Zippo. And they would go to the river and get water that was just filthy. But there was a group of people that decided, we want you to have water. And they did. And I told that group of people at one time, I said, if they had history books here, now, your name would be in the book. Because you loving Jesus brought something they didn't have. It was here, they just couldn't tap into it. And it was living water. And the locals there would call it sweet water. Sweet water. Jesse. And guys, I'm telling you to see the physical difference from one year to the next. That when you go to a place and you see a people that had no living water, but were surviving, to the year that you go back and you see that they're thriving. Now, we're still talking Haiti. Their, their, their chance of Thriving looks completely different than what we would put it on here. But gang, I'm telling you, you saw crops growing. People's skin physically looked better because they had the sweet water. They had the living water that they were starting to drink in and take it in. It's amazing. And so I want us to read this verse first, and then I'm going to set up the background for it because... We're going to talk about water and the living water of Jesus Christ tonight. And a lot of times we'll say these cool cliches about Jesus, you know. And I want us to make sure that we know what we're saying so that when someone asks, I want that sweet water of Jesus, you'll be able to pour it in, pour it out. I love those words in that song, pour it out. And so go to John, find your screen or... A book that has John chapter 7 in it. This is Jesus talking. John chapter 7, verse 38. Jesus says, anyone who believes. He's talking to a big group of people here. We're going to set this up. He's talking to a huge amount of people. And he says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Verse 39, when he said this, living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not entered into his glory. And what the writer John is referring to here is that the Spirit of Christ hasn't been given fully in the way that we understand it when you go and read Acts. 
The Spirit of God has always existed. You don't have to go any further in the Old Testament to read how the Spirit of God, he was, he was very singularly, and he was focused in who the Spirit of God would speak through and to at times. And then so in this setting right here, what's happening is that this particular moment in the calendar year is called the, um, the feast, the festival of shelters. Sometimes you would hear some people call feast of booths. You've probably heard this word before, tabernacle. It's a, tabernacle means meeting place. And so right before we get to this verse here, Jesus is having a conversation with his brothers. And you've got to remember his brothers didn't fully believe him all the time. And I think that would be a kind of a wacky conversation maybe with the mom, Mary. If you're a brother of Jesus and Jesus is now coming into his time, he's starting to really make things happen, and the boys are still kind of doubting in the sidebar conversation with mom, Mary, every once in a while going, is he really the Messiah, mama? I've heard you say you're that he leapt in your belly, that, that, that our cousin, he, he leapt in Elizabeth's belly when you walked in. Did, are, are you sure? Is he really, Mama, the Messiah? <laughs> and so they're wanting him to go to this particular festival and show off. <laughs> go back and read it. It's classic. It's how we are. The of where? Of, uh, shelters. In the first part of John chapter 7. I love it. You're going to have a fabulous read. And so they're wanting him to go and show off. And Jesus says, Nope. I'm not going, man. That's not, uh uh. I'm not going for the reason you want me to go. And so he lets them go. But Jesus does what Jesus does a lot, and he goes on in. And he kind of sneaks in. And the leaders of the day are kind of even asking, hey, have you seen Jesus? Words out. Have you seen him? Is he, is he here? And about midway through, Jesus shows up. I love it. And so here's the thing. When Jesus shows up and he starts to go into the temple, the thing is, is why are they meeting? Why are these, why the festival of shelters? Why the festival of tabernacles? Why have this? It's a valid question. Well, it's one of three different pilgrimages. Now, look, gang, you got to hear me here. Tons of festivals, ton of feasts that God instituted to celebrate who? Him. Absolutely. Him. The other purpose for him to establish a festival or a feast was to commemorate him, to honor him, and to be forward-looking to the Messiah. Always pointing to Jesus. Always pointing to his saving now. Always pointing to reconciliation. Always pointing to grace. Always pointing to mercy. And in the midst of it sometimes, it was dangerously ugly. Filthy. And he, yet he keeps pursuing. He keeps setting it up. He keeps reminding. And so year after year after year after year, 
this particular festival would be one that's in the fall. The harvest is done, and they're getting together, and they come and they hang out, and they literally kind of make these little lean-to booths. It reminds the the scene I get is tailgating at a football game. <laughs> Has anybody ever been to Oxford down at the Grove? Anybody? I know there's a few. That's an amazing scene. Have you been to the Grove here at MCSU? It's getting closer, <laughs> and so it is. It's getting closer. We, yeah, hang on, we're getting there, right? But it's just ten after ten after ten after ten, just together, and then there's families inside those tents, and we're doing what? Yeah, we're celebrating, we're eating, we're communing with one another. And one of the purposes for this particular festival was to remind us of where we came from. Nothing. And so they would absolutely try to strip everything that they could from their life and live in these booths for a week. So can you imagine going to your t favorite tailgate spot? It'd be like me going to Jordan, I know where his spot is, and living there for a week. But everything that we're about in that way, Jordan goes, yes, as long as I got my satellite dish. And everything that they were about in this moment was to focus and remind themselves on the provision of God. That God brought living water to a place that desperately needed living water to grow crops. It was sweet water. And so to... One of, the, one of the daily rituals of what they would do as they would go out, the priest would go out and collect water in a big old pitcher, big, big old silver and gold. They would start changing the colors as the week went on. And in this particular about midweek, it was a silver vat. Remember those old big old pitcher things you put Kool-Aid in? I loved Kool-Aid. And so the priests would go down and they would dip from the water and they would bring it back. And guys, they were, they were partying. They were celebrating. And then they would pour this out along with the wine. And they would pour it out over the altar. And what they were doing is that that was a looking ahead of the coming, pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus, midweek, does what he does best. He shows up. <laughs> and <he's laughs> he starts teaching. He's going in the temple and he's teaching. And gang, every time that you go and you see when Jesus is teaching, <coughs> look at the response afterwards. Even when he was 13 and he got lost from the caravan and his mom and daddy went back and found him in the temple, you'll hear words like, they were in awe. Where does he get his authority? He speaks with such power. And so they're just absolutely in awe of the authority and the teaching that Jesus... The freedom. Where does this freedom come from that this man... And one sentence in it, they even look at him and said, He's not even trained. I love that. I absolutely love that one. How did they know he wasn't trained? Because he was, he was taking them, gang away from all of the ritual 
You see, folks get caught up in tradition and ritual, and he's starting to remind them of who started the ritual, who started the tradition, who provided the water. Everything Jesus is doing is pointing him back to the Father. What I see my Father do, I do. And so Jesus is, is rattling their cages. And they don't know how to handle it. And one of the things, you don't have to go there, this is what he's... He, He's fulfilling. It's in Isaiah 44. You can write it down and go back to it because he says, For I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. And I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your children. And we see that come to this crazy fulfillment in Acts 2. And so Jesus is midway through it. He's waiting. And now here's another kind of a side thought is that, I wonder what the brothers thought when they saw him in the temple. Hey, man, you told us you weren't coming. <laughs> hey, hey, brother, you said you weren't coming. Why are you, what are you doing here? And Jesus would probably say, I'm not coming because of what you wanted me to come for. I came because the Father said to come. When it was time to come, and my motive is for him and not for me. My motive is for him and not for me. I'm going to show the folks what living water is all about. I'm going to tell them, prepare their hearts, that the living water is on the scene. And so the last day, the last day, the last day, it's 30 minutes before kickoff, And the priests go out. And it's a big caravan. And they go out to the water. Now they've got gold pitchers. And they go and they collect the water. And they have the wine. And this time they don't just pour it over the altar. They march around the altar seven times. They're just marching they're chanting Psalms 113 through 118. They're just absolutely celebrating. They're absolutely having a blast. They're thanking God for everything that God is. And some scholars believe that at that moment, that when they started pouring the water and the wine back out, that Jesus said these words. Now, gang, remember, we're in one of three pilgrimages in the feast. What that means is that you've got this feast, which is the Festival of the Booths, Passover and Pentecost. Huge throngs of men had to come back to the holy city to be accounted for, to come back and celebrate with one another and showing a world that we are united in God the Father. And so they're on the scene, and Jesus in this moment with the throngs of people that would be on site says these words. Go back to John 7. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Do you think there was any gasp at all in the crowd that day? Yes. Did you, did you just hear what he said? 
do you understand what he's saying? The conversations with the religious leaders and the teachers of the day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were all on the scene. It was their day. But they're still pointing to him, and him is there. <laughs> he's on the scene, and he's saying, living water will flow from your heart when you believe in me. And so he's telling everyone on the scene right there that I am God. Now, gang, I love how C.S. Lewis puts it at times. And, and here's, the, here's the other piece. We're in, a, we're in a world where folks really don't understand and get Jesus and God all the time. Would, could we be a people that allows people to be where they are? And not beat them up until the light comes on. Could we? Could we be a people that just says, you know what, man, I get it. I didn't quite under get it, get it either. I don't know how he operates all the time. Could we, could we be that? Because I see that when Jesus is telling him that he's coming, the fury didn't come from him. The fury came from the ones that thought they had it all figured out. The fury came from the ones, and gang, i got to give them a little bit of grace. I really do. Because I think there was a piece of them that they really thought they were protecting people. I really think that some of them thought that they were defending God. in it, Because they've got this guy that's come in, and he's saying he's the Messiah. And they had in their mind how the Messiah was coming, and that's not measuring up to how they'd been taught and what they've been reading or anything, and they were getting their life blown away. So we got to give them a little bit of grace, right? There were some that came to find Jesus in the living water. His name was Nicodemus. And so the connection with living water with Jesus is just incredibly cool with being the Holy Spirit to flow through us. I mean, we'll see in just a little bit that if you kept reading that he meets this woman at the well and said, Sir, I want this water that you're telling me of. Put yourself in that spot. How would you tell her to get the water? How does the living water of Christ make a difference in our life? I see it daily in you. Some of us just don't believe it all the time. And folks that you're living life with don't believe it all the time. Remember the get rid of? I got to figure out why I don't believe. I got to figure out what's my benchmark? Who's my benchmark? Where and who is my source? And so again, he goes back and says, He's fulfilling Isaiah 44, where I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your parched fields. Quick time out. Is the soil of your soul parched ever? And so how do we allow the Holy Spirit of Christ to irrigate our soul with His living water? We've mentioned some of them. It's going to be with some of the things that she just talked about. Prayer, meditation, getting together with people, the Word of God, 
How do you allow yourself to be irrigated? Last point. Is your thirst for Christ quenching? Do you know how to allow Christ to quench your thirst for life? Here's an example before we pray. What are those things in life that you see others reach for for comfort? It could be relationships, it could be jobs. What are yours? Start naming them out. Sorry? Control. Oh my gosh, good one. Control. What are those things that we reach for in life for comfort that Christ was meant to fill? Hang here with me. When you go to reach for that whatever, when you stop, when you say that's a false God, the Holy Spirit, the living water of Christ within you will direct you back to Him. Now, has anyone ever seen flood control? You ever seen dams open up and close? Isn't that fun? I want to be the guy that opens it up one time and just watch the water just... That's what you're doing. Jesus is the living water. And so you, you're in flood control. And so when you're reaching for something in life that's not of Him, your floodgate is open. I mean, it's closed. You're holding Him back. No, Lord, I've got this. Don't worry about it. I can handle this one. But when you allow Him to go, you've opened up that floodgate and water just comes rushing out. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, I would love to have a video of it. I couldn't find one that, that, that was worthy. The floodgates of Him are waiting to explode in your life. He will quench. He will quench. And so the thing is, is that if you have this question, I don't know how, don't leave this place. We'll show you. Will you do that? I don't know how and I want to learn how. We will show you. <laughs> All right? All right, I'm going to pray for us. I tell you what, everybody stand up for a second. Let me change here for a second. All right, grab a hand. Grab a hand. eyeball. I'm going to do this a little bit different. Got a feast waiting on us over here. God opened up his floodgate for us through Jesus Christ. He said, I'm giving you all I have. Think about that just for a second, gang. God said, I'm giving you all I have. And he came in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. And when we say yes, the Holy Spirit of him lives in this tabernacle. Remember when I said that means a meeting place? That's where he lives. He never leaves. 
ever. You are constantly sourced with living water that will flood your life. Open up the floodgate. Open up the floodgate. Let your body be quenched with him. Let him irrigate the soul of your soul. Alright? In Jesus' name, amen. So when we play music, man, go feast and just celebrate who he is in our life.